Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Wednesdays. So this is the first in a number of series that I'm going to do all around the art and science of exercise. So firstly, I want to address why should we exercise? Well, first and foremost, we need to view muscle as a pharmacy. And what I mean by that is that muscle, we now know when your muscle contracts, doesn't matter whether you're walking, running, lifting, throwing, doing gardening, dancing, anything that you do that contracts your muscles releases these molecule, mess, our messenger molecules called myokines. And we've known for years that myokines get inside the muscle and create adaptations, help make the muscle bigger, faster, stronger. What we've really found in the last 10 years, and especially the last five years, is that these myokines get outside of your muscle into your circulation, and they impact every organ and organ system in your body in a positive manner. So when we are contracting our muscles, it is sending these powerful signals to all of our organs and our organ systems to function better. We know now that exercise improves the health of your immune, your immune system, your entire gastrointestinal tract. It improves how your pancreas secretes insulin, how your liver disposes of glucose. It helps to remodel bone and blood vessels throughout your life. It has positive impacts upon your heart and it has amazing impacts on your brain. And it's all because of these myokines. Um, we, uh, the first myokine was discovered probably 50 years ago. There are now over 600 identified myokines, and we only know what about 60 of them do. So this is the new frontier um, in human biology. It's just how powerful contracting muscle can actually be for your overall health. So for me, it's not about thinking about exercise as a way to lose weight or keep your weight in check. We need to think of this that exercise is helping your body and your brain um, to function well and is going to ensure that it functions well for as long as is possible. There is research to show that exercise prevents or treats 26 of the most common chronic diseases, and it has a powerful antidepressant effect. In fact, a recent study showed it was actually um, more useful than antidepressant medications or psychotherapy. And so I like to get people to think about exercise in terms of their mood and their cognitive function and their cognitive performance and their overall health and just that it helps you to be a better human being. Now, when we're thinking long term, exercise is really important for quality of life and especially as you get older. And if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, for me, it is all about building that foundation for having good quality of life and, and getting um, a, a little bit of extra in your locker for those times when exercise is going to drop, such as you have kids and all of this sort of stuff. So it's about banking some extra stuff. And then I like people to think about their retirement and what you will do. So all of us save for retirement and, and particularly in Australia, the whole superannuation thing and other countries around the world, we all save for our retirement and most people do. But retirement, most people think about, oh, I'm, I'm actually going to defer my life for retirement and then I'm really going to live. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do all of this stuff. 
The key for me is that you need to extract the maximum value or be able to extract the maximum value from your money that you work so hard for. In order to do that, you need to be in good shape. Now, if we think about travel, that is actually the best reflection on your ability to extract um, uh, the value, the best value out of money, because it requires you to be physically fit and to be able to do things and go and travel and see places. And actually, when you look at the research, for people who are under 60, the reason they say that they don't travel more is because of a lack of funds. When people get over 70, the main reason they cite is poor health, that I can no longer do those long plane trips or I can no longer, when I'm there, go walking or sightseeing or doing these various activities that I'd love to do. So really, in summary, um, exercise is, is about activating that pharmacy, but it also helps you to function better as a human being, both today and particularly into the future as you get older, so that you can do those activities of daily living when you're in your 70s and you're in your 80s and you can be independent, you can play with your grandkids, you can still do stuff, um, and that you have the capacity to enjoy your retirement. So having said that, that's the kind of why, uh, and you'll have your own reasons why as well, but um, for me, they're pretty big. So then if we just get into high-level overview, what do you need to do? Two main things. Number one is optimize your cardiorespiratory fitness, right? So this is basically your VO2 max. It's your maximum oxygen uptake. That's the, um, the most oxygen that you can take into your lungs and use efficiently. And, and you can measure this, and athletes all have their VO2 max measured. A massive study in the Journal of the American Medical Association in over 122,000 individuals who were in their 50s and the 60s at the time, they all went through stress testing for their heart. So they knew their VO2 max, and then they followed them up for the next 10 to 15 years to see who died and who didn't. And then retrospectively went back and went, what impact did somebody's fitness level uh, at the time of testing have on their longevity? Here's what they find. And I will go into this in more detail in one of the other things. People who had the lowest level of fitness had five times the death rate or the risk of death, that was called the hazard ratio, of somebody who was elite level of fitness, right? And that is absolutely massive. A 500 percent or five point by five hazard ratio that's a 400 percent increased risk of dying but here's the really good news is that when people um actually went from low fitness the lowest category to below average they actually reduced their risk of dying almost in half so everything you do counts and what they showed in this study is that there's what we call a dose response so if you think about medicine if you take a pill and dose response would be, if I take two pills, it has a better outcome. And that's often not the case in medicine. But in exercise, that is absolutely the case. When they looked at those calories, moving from low fitness to below average, um, actually reduce your risk of dying really significantly. Moving from below average to above average, really significant reduced risk of dying. Moving from above average um, to high levels of fitness, again, reduced risk of dying. And then even moving from high to elite had a significantly reduced risk of dying. So that cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory fitness is really, really key. The other thing that has been underappreciated is muscle strength. 
Uh, and, and it's really, when we look at it, muscle strength and power, uh, P-O-W-E-R, I don't pronounce that word very long. It is actually a, an also a predictor of longevity. And, and for a number of different reasons, if we think back to that pharmacy, if you have good muscle strength, generally you have more muscle mass. And if you have more muscle mass, then um, you are creating um, more of these myokines, um, assuming that you're actually using that muscle, right? So it, it is like you're getting the best anti-aging medicine on a daily basis, right? But what muscle strength um, particularly also does is it helps you with activities of daily living, especially as we get older. And a lot of us don't think about this. The ability to get in and out of your chair, to play with your grandkids, but also really critically um, is the ability to stop yourself from falling. And that requires um, muscular power, right? That Those fast twitch fibers. And again, I will go into more detail on this. But these are the more explosive fibers or that just move quicker and um, that actually help you to recover your feet uh, or to reach your hand out and stop you from falling. Because we know that falls are the biggest, sorry, the seventh biggest killer of people 65 and older. And when you get to the age of 75, they are the fifth biggest killer. So that is clearly very, very significant. Um, and so what we want to be doing is making sure that we are preserving muscle uh, and particularly those fast twitch fibers. They are the ones that we tend to lose much more quickly. And we tend to lose muscle mass at the rate of between 3 to 8% per decade after our 20s. And it's not uncommon for somebody at the age of 75 to have lost half of their entire muscle mass. So the key thing is you need to start early, right? And if you're in your 50s, like Aunt me and Carly, I said, this is the last decade for us being able to reasonably easy put on muscle mass so as we have a bit of insurance for when we come um, to the rest of our lives. So it should be pretty clear then that um, what we need is a balance of that cardiorespiratory fitness and good muscle strength and preserving our muscle power. Uh, we also need a bit of balance training and stuff, and I'm going to go into that. So over the next coming weeks, I'm going to dive into the science and the art of how to you really quickly or, or most efficiently improve your cardiorespiratory fitness. And then we're going to jump into strength training and looking at the science of strength training, the science of, of hypertrophy training, which is adding muscle. Uh, and you don't need to do both of them at the same time, but we will unpack all of this in the coming weeks in terms of our Wisdom Wednesday. So hopefully that gets you a little bit excited about what is to come. Catch you next time. If you enjoyed today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from it, uh, just share the episode with them. The other thing you can do to support the podcast is leave us a review because they really help. Catch you next time.